Good day, ladies and gentlemen. It is absolutely fantastic, as always, to have this time with you. I am so excited about today's topic because it's something that is very important and something that is very sensitive to many people. And it's a continuation of the last podcast that was basically on feminism and it dealt with the question, are men and women equal? And so I'm going to talk again about that today, but I'm going to talk about it specifically in relation to the church and the role that women play in the church. Now, it's already been established, and I dealt with this last week, for in case you did not listen to that podcast, we spoke about the creation order, that Adam was created first, and his job was to take care of the Garden of Eden, and that God gave Adam the command that he was not allowed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what we see happening in the story is that God makes Eve out of his rib, Okay, and her job is to help Adam. Help Adam do what? Number one, to take care of the garden. Number two, to be obedient to God. Okay, it was not good for Adam to be alone, and that's why God made him a helper, which is Eve. And that gives us loads of information as to what the relationship between a man and a woman should be. First of all, a man is made out of dust, you can step on him, but a woman is made from the rib of a man, you can't step on her. All right, that's just a tongue in a cheek little joke, but. A woman is much more sensitive than a man. She is the, the rib, and if you, she's protecting the heart of her man. But also, she's the most sensitive part of a man's life. And she can really, really hurt a man. If you, if you break a rib at the wrong place, you can pierce the man's lung, his heart. It can cause the death of him. And that's why so many ladies, I mean, you, you want to hurt a man. You, you, you hurt the one that he loves okay and the one that he loves that woman in his life she can cause some real damage some of the greatest men have been destroyed uh, through women and as i said last time you know if you know the men can disappear from the planet the women will be okay but let all the women disappear and the men will not be okay so we need um, all the ladies we need you guys i need my wife uh, you you're a tremendous blessing and so what we sort of concluded last time was that men and women are definitely equal in value, but they're not equal in responsibility. We've got different responsibilities. A, a lady has been created, a woman has been created to have a different role. Uh, she's a nurturer. She's been created with a womb. She's been created with, with um, breasts that can uh, feed a baby. A man hasn't been created with those things. So in terms of nurturing children... A female has been designed to be better at it. But in terms of warfare, a man has been better equipped to protect his family than a woman. If there was a boxing match between the two, you would see that a man is generally stronger. And, you know, I'm very sorry if your wife can beat you up. But generally out there, um, the, the man is stronger than the wife. And so we've been created that way. And there, there shouldn't be any shame in it. Um, and the feminist movement is trying to say that men and women are equal in all things. It is just not the truth. Okay, and as, as I spoke about it last time as well, you know, a woman is much higher up on a, the agreeableness scale. And she's been designed that way in order to nurture children well. If a woman wasn't uh, agreeable, she would be uh, this, this, this person that would never bend for her children. But women generally bend for their children. They've been made this way. It's what make them, makes them good nurturers. Now, 
today I'm not going to talk about the family dynamics as much, um, although I'm going to go look at a text that deals with that. The point is just that so far we've said that women and men are different, they've got different roles, but yet they are equal in value and they're meant to complete each other and not compete with each other. That is very important to remember. In the family, the God family, the way that God created, God is the head okay, of the man. The man is the head of the wife. Okay, That's the structure in the family, in the house. And the question that I think some people then raise is, but what about in the business world? I mean, uh, New Zealand's got a president that is a female. But remember this, we are talking about in the family. What is the structure of the man and the wife's relationship in the family? The Bible does not dictate how things should be in the political realm or how it should be in the business realm. It's talking about the family. In the family, just like the first family on earth, as we see in the book of Genesis, chapter 2 and 3, the man is the head of the, the family. That does not mean he's better. It does not mean that he is more intelligent, that he's wiser. It just means that he has got the responsibility to make sure that his family is obedient to God. Now, it's very important to just take note of that. Now we're going to talk briefly about the church because there seems to be a huge um, debate about this or not a debate. There's no real debate. I mean, the, the Bible is actually very clear about this. And I'm going to read to you the text. Uh, um, I think I read it last time as well. I'm just going to read it again. This is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. God, well, Paul is writing this piece of scripture to Timothy, who seems to be the evangelist at the church in Ephesus, and he gives him some directives as to how he should be handling the church. And he says in verse 12 of 1 Timothy chapter 2, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. This is a definitely a loaded text. You know, a lot of people would ask, um, but why should, should women be preaching in churches? And they would say, and some people would say, uh, no. And they say, what, why not? And uh, some people would make the argument that, you know, for all kinds of reasons. But, however, if you are a person that believes and trusts the Bible, you would simply go to this text. Here's why women are not supposed to be preaching in church. It is because the Bible says so. Very, very simply. Now, you can try and explain this away, and people have tried to explain it away, and the common um, explanation and argument out there is this. But this was just the cultural situation. Back in the day of Paul, women would not speak in public, and so it was an embarrassment for a woman to speak in public, And so, but we're no longer under that cultural paradigm, um, and so women now can preach. Back in Paul's day, no, because it wasn't culturally good, but now we're in a different culture, and definitely women can preach now and have authority in the church, and they can have authority over uh, men in the church. Well, that is not what Paul is saying. Paul is giving the reason, and I will read it again. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. What is he talking about? It's got nothing to do with culture. He's going back to the creation order. He goes right back to Genesis, and he says, Look, Adam was made first, and God told him to be obedient. God made him the leader over that relationship. All right, and so we, can, we must still be obedient to this text. 
Okay? We must definitely still be obedient to this text because that is God's creative order. Now, I know this is hard for people and I know it's it must be so hard. I mean, you're thinking about Joyce Meyer and all of those wonderful ladies who's got an amazing talent to preach and to teach. This text is not saying that a woman cannot preach, that she's not capable, that a woman doesn't have the ability or the skill or the wisdom. It's got nothing to do with that. It is not implying that a man is more intelligent than a woman or a man can uh, always preach better than a woman. No, not at all. This is just saying this is God's creative order. Because in the house, the husband is the leader. And in the house of the Lord, the man is also the leader. That's the way that God designed it. So in the church, the man must take responsibility to lead. And just to set aside sort of my own, I'm going to just throw in my own opinion here. Um, You know, when I listen to females preach, um, to ladies preach, it just doesn't carry the same weight in terms of the person's voice, the authority with which a man's voice has been created. A man's voice is, is authoritative, it is deep, it is hard, it is commanding. And that's the type of voice that I believe that God wants to speak up. Whereas a, a lady has this soft voice, this loving, nurturing voice that's always like, oh, you know what, come and give me a hug type of thing. And, you know, this this sounds horrible. And I don't want it to come across like that. But this is a, a personal bias. I believe that the, the, the way that God created men was to take charge, to take leadership and to lead. All right. And so it goes back to the question that I was speaking about last week. I mean, why did Satan go to Eve and not to Adam when he wanted them to eat of the tree? Why? Because she was more agreeable. Women generally are more agreeable. This is scientific fact. The psychological research proves this. So this is not being biased. A a woman is more agreeable and it's easier to twist her arm. Therefore, when it comes to God's spiritual matters, she should not be in the leadership positions in the church. That is what Paul is saying here. Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. And then she twisted her man's arm. And that led to a whole host of other things. But then the verse says in verse 15, he says, A woman will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love and holiness with propriety. And the beautiful thing that Paul is saying here is he's saying, okay, when it comes to things in the church, when it comes to the teaching and the preaching in the church and the authoritative um, uh, pro- proclamation of God's word it's not the job of the female to do that it's not the job of the wife to do that it's not the job of women to do that it is the job of men it doesn't mean the women are incapable it just means it is not their job okay their job is to raise kids okay they will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith love and holiness with propriety that is the job that God gave women to raise kids childbearing bring children into the world okay so in the family that is the job the husband's job is to lead his family the wife's job is to rear the children to bring children into the house and to rear them from the mom's perspective that does not take away the job of the man to raise his kids as well but he cannot do the things that a woman can do and in the same way in the church it is the same idea once again this has got nothing to do with value it's got to do with Job, role, responsibility. I know some people are still struggling with this. Please don't 
shoot the messenger. This is what the text says. And the text is actually very clear. Either we believe the whole Bible or we don't. And that maybe brings up the other idea. And, and it makes us ask the question, okay, but what about the Joyce Myers and these ladies that can preach so well? Great. They must use their talent. Absolutely. Go and preach. Go share the word with unbelievers. Go share the word with children. Go share the world word with, with other men who don't know Christ. Go share the word with ladies. Hold workshops and seminars and assemblies for ladies. But not in God's church, not in God's family. In God's family, the man must lead like he leads in um, his family. The Bible calls the church the household of God. Okay, and so the true church is also a family. So a woman is is not permitted uh, is, is permitted to use her gifts. And this text is not saying if you've got an ability to explain the word that you shouldn't do that. No, do that. Do that, but don't take the authority of the man in the church because God is going to hold him accountable for that. Some people might then ask, yes, but um, what about women elders? And by the way, this is a topic for another day as well, that women have been... Um, have not been approved to be elders in any type of church or to hold any particular leadership position in the church. And once again, that is not because people are sexist or biased or prejudiced against women or I'm not at all like that. Um, I, this is just what the text says. Okay. I mean, in the same book of Timothy, it's the same thing. Um, the Bible tells us exactly what an elder should be. So I'm going to read it for us. And the elders are the guys who, who are taking responsibility for the church. They are leading the church. Now the overseer must be above reproach. The husband of but one wife. What does that automatically tell you? He's a man. It doesn't say the husband of one wife or the wife of one husband. No. The text is telling us that it must be a man. Okay, so you, you don't have an eldress, you've got an elder, you've got elders, you've got a pastor, it must be a male, okay? So the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one, one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? Guys, I think this is very... Simple, isn't it? The same with deacons. Deacons likewise are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, etc., etc., etc. So if you go read these requirements of what a pastor or an elder should be, it is actually very, very clear and straightforward. If you obey the Bible, you cannot have women preaching. If you obey the Bible, you cannot have women elders. So if you want to have women elders and women deacons in the sense of the office, and if you want to have women preachers, then you've got to throw out these texts. You've got to cut out some parts of the Bible. And on, on this podcast, at least, you know, I can only present what the text actually says. And I know it's hard to deal with for some people, but that's the truth. But that doesn't mean that women cannot have a profound impact in God's kingdom. We read through the book of Acts how many, many women just had a profound impact. I mean, go look at Priscilla and Aquila and Dorcas. These were, you know, they, they, were, they, were, they were ladies. 
Uh, look at Marys, the Marys that walked with Jesus and Martha. These were phenomenal people. There's, in actual fact, I would say that women are generally more godly than men. It does raise the question then again, you know, I know a lot of people have been influenced by the feminist movement and this idea that, uh, you know, women should be treated the same way as men and they should all be on the same level. Then obviously this question is being raised, okay, but what about outside the church? And everything I've said so far seems to indicate, and I think it makes lots of women feel like, well, are we inferior? Are we unworthy? No, not at all. It's got nothing to do with inferiority or unworthiness. It's got everything to do with the way that God has designed you and designed the man and designed the family and designed the church. It is his creative order. But I'm now going to read for us a text, okay, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, verse 30 and onwards about what a really godly woman looks like. Of course, if you're not a Christian, I mean, you can run your family the way that you want to. You can do what you want. This is talking about Christians, okay? If you don't do church, then please don't don't worry. I mean, you can just go do what you want in the world. I'm talking to people who take the Bible seriously and who want to um, follow it. And this is also an explanation for people outside of Christianity who sees Christianity as this uh, anti-feminist, anti woman type of movement um, and th this text especially will help everybody come to grips with that proverbs chapter 31 from verse 10 okay so this is what a real godly woman looks like and this comes from the bible a wife of noble character who can find she's worth far more than rubies her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value First of all, how does the, her husband feel about her? He's got full confidence in her. Okay. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She's a blessing to her husband. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. What do we see there? She is hard working. She, she is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She provides food for her family. She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She takes care of everybody. She's not scared to wake up early in the morning. Her, her goal is to make sure that her family is going so well, that they've got food, they've got what they need. And I know some of the ladies are already thinking, oh, you know, if that is what my life is about, just to feed my family. To be honest with you, firstly, that is not all that, that uh, a woman is supposed to be doing. But that should be, if that's not at the heart of what you would like to do, I would say you need to go search your heart. Because you carried those, those babies in your womb. And it should be at the heart of every lady to take care of their family. And I've, I've never met a good woman that doesn't want to take care of their families. Verse 16, and this is where it gets, it gets interesting. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. What does that teach us? That teaches us that this woman has got business savvy, doesn't it? She's got servants as well, so it means that she's a leader. Of course a woman can be a leader. <laughs> okay, and so she's, she's got a business mind. She's got 
she's a strategist, she's an entrepreneur. Verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously, her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and a lamp does not go out at night. What do we see there? She's trading, she's a trader, she's a merchant, she's a businesswoman, she's an entrepreneur. And she works till late at night. She gets up early in the morning to provide for her family. But she even works till late at night on her business. Verse 19. In her hand she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. What does that teach us? She is just compassionate and gracious and she cares about people. She not only takes care of her own family, but she takes care of other people's family. Verse 21. When it snows, she has no fear for her household. For all of them are clothed in scarlet. They are dressed well. Her family always have enough clothes. Verse 22, she makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. What does that mean? Verse 22, men, this is for you. She makes coverings for her bed. Why? She wants her bed to be attractive. She wants her bed to be a place, a holy place for her and her husband. That means that she makes her... She makes her husband's sex life great. She spends time on it. She puts effort on it. Wow. Right? She's clothed in fine linen and purple. In other words, she takes care of herself. Purple was the most expensive cloth in this time. Linen was expensive. Right? So this is indicating to us that she takes care of herself as well. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Do you see what is happening here? In those days, you had this town and all the decisions for the town were usually were made by the elders who would sit at the gate of the city. So at the gate, the entrance to the city, the elders would get together and the elders would be the men, the leaders of the families. They would get together. They would make decisions for their city, which would be the best for their families. And so that man would represent his family well, why didn't this businesswoman go sit at the gate? Do you think that she would not be capable of making good decisions and to make good decisions for her family? Of course she would have. But that is not her responsibility. That is not her job. And so she's got a husband that can actually go and make decisions that would benefit his family, that leads, that goes out to the gate to fight for his family, to fight for his town. While she's, while she's back at home, she's going on with her business. She's providing for her family while her husband takes the leadership position. So he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. Once again, she's a businesswoman. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. So does she not have the capability to teach? Of course she does. She does. But it is not her job to go sit at the city gate. She can talk to her husband at home. She can influence her husband at home. When it, but when it gets to the city gate, the man has to go. It's his responsibility. Verse 27. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She isn't lazy, guys. And yes, she doesn't sit back and let her husband take responsibility for everything. She helps him. She also watches over the affairs of their household. Verse 28. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. So you're seeing here a marriage relationship where the man isn't oppressing his wife. He's praising her. He's lifting her up. He's carrying her on his hands. She is a good wife. 
She doesn't want to take the position at the gate. No, it's her husband's responsibility, but she wants to take care of her family. She wants to take care of her husband. She wants to go about her business. She doesn't want to be lazy. She wants to be strong. Verse 29, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Now let's just go back again. What happens at the city gate? At the city gate is where the elders meet. The elders of the land, the elders of the town meet there. And look at what it says. It says that the elders at the gate are giving praise to this man's wife. Wow. And so the lesson for me is so clear. If a woman wants to be meaningful and she wants to receive praise and she wants to have this position in society, if you want to be a woman that is respected and honored and praised, then fulfill the role that God has given you on the planet. Take care of your family. Take care of your children. Pursue your goals. Do your business. Go out of your way. Make sure that you are strong. Work till late at night. Get up early in the morning. Make yourself attractive for your husband. Support him in everything that he does. And he will carry you on his hands and he will bring you praise at the city gate. You will be the happiest man ever and you will be elevated as the heart of the family. Ladies, just want to say to you, man, we need more godly women in this world. Godly women, godly women that will be like this woman of Proverbs chapter 31. And so don't make it your ambition to take over the responsibility of the man. You don't want that responsibility. You don't want to fight out there. You don't want to carry the burden of everything in the family. You don't want to stand in front of God one day for your family. You want your husband to take that responsibility. And that is his job. So I know that there might have been some things that I've said that might be sensitive to some people. Um, and you know what? I respect that. And I, I just think that we need to just listen to what God's word says. Men, you've, you're extremely valuable. You've got a very important role to fulfill in God's kingdom. Ladies, you are extremely valuable. You've got an important role to fulfill in the home, in the house, in the family, in the church, in the world, in God's kingdom. We've been designed to complete each other, not to compete with each other. And the more we stay in our role that God has given us, the more phenomenal our marriages will be, the more phenomenal influence we'll have on the world, the more phenomenal our children will be raised, and the more honor both sexes will receive as we live out our lives on the planet. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week. You got any questions? Um, don't hesitate to send it my way and I can deal with it in future podcasts. Cheers.